No team goes into the season without a game plan, and Buffalo Wild Wings knows that football fans need a game plan that's built for game day glory. A game plan that should include 21 signature sauces and seasonings, a great lineup of beer taps, and an arsenal of wall-to-wall TVs. All of those details make for a game day plan that can't be beat. So win or lose, if you're a football fan, you can still win having the best game day experience around. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. We do it for you because you're a football fan. Today's show is also brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller Lite changed the game by brewing a light beer with more taste than half the carbs back in 1975. And they've stuck to that playbook ever since. Miller Lite. Spelled different because it's proved different. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. My name is Robert Mays. I'm a writer at The Ringer. Joining me on the other line, Danny Kelly. Danny, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm at my mom's house. She's cooking Christmas cookies, so it's just very distracting. It's like <laughs> seeping in underneath the door. I'm trying to block it with some towels, but it's just not working very well. <laughs> Tis the season, man. Tis the season. Uh, we should probably let everybody know just for clarity purposes we're recording this on wednesday because obviously it's a holiday week people are out and about so if there's anything that happens you know if somebody gets hurt very badly in the next two days that's the reason we didn't talk about it so (laughs) apologies for the fact that our co-workers have families and lives yeah that's just really selfish of them i don't i don't appreciate it It, 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 it's bullshit but somehow i think both of you are gonna get (laughs) both you and i are gonna get by all right buddy so i kind of wanted to talk about some stuff uh, again because it's wednesday because we're not right on the cusp of these games happening i want to do some more big picture conversations yep and the first thing i wanted to touch on just because it happened last night and i don't know how much you care about this but the pro bowl rosters were announced yeah and it feels like outrage about the pro bowl rosters is just an annual tradition now as much as the release of the pro bowl rosters is yeah is there any first of all do you give a shit about this i guess is my first question to you <laughs> uh short answer on that is no i i just really yeah. don't i mean i don't i like the pro i like the all pro teams a lot more sure that matters I yeah i mean i can see i understand the pro bowl thing though because there's i think there's quite a bit more there are quite a few more guys that make the pro bowl than than the all pro team um but there is still sort of the element of this is just a popularity contest name recognition contest and you get a lot of thing you get a lot of guys that have been good in their career but maybe not that good this year make the pro bowl um but we'll get into we'll get into kind of like all the, the team and everything i thought actually this year's pro bowl teams were pretty good though that's what I thought as well. I feel like that yeah. was just worth mentioning. I like the guys that made it. I feel like a lot of the guys who were deserve it did make it. And the right. fact that you know, it's little things. The fact that Vic Beasley is on there as an outside linebacker is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that that's just so stupid. We do that every season. It feels yeah. like maybe we figured out that Khalil Mack probably ends up in the defensive end category correctly. So that's a good thing. I like that Jadevian Clowney made it. I feel like yeah, people cool. haven't been paying enough attention to how good he's been. I know the sack totals aren't mind-boggling, but he's been fantastic against the run. Yep. So he's somebody that deserved to make it. You know, I like that those three Raiders offensive linemen made it. Those, I think that speaks to the season that it's been, which the Pro Bowl often does. So overall, I don't think it's a totally objectionable list. I, I right. But I'm with you that it's not hugely important. Yeah, I mean, like normally there, I feel like at most seasons there's two or three guys on there where you're like, what the fuck? But like this, yeah. I mean, I was looking through just prepping for the show, and I was like, well, I mean, these these look fine to me. Like they're nothing like 
there's nothing totally glaring or weird about it. And like you said, yeah, there's a it's few... not that the year who made it. Like Brandon Merriweather, Brandon Merriweather made it like twice. That's what that. Those are like, oh man, we're really doing this. I know Lorenzo <laughs> yeah. Alexander's kind of surprising, but he's put up a bunch of sacks. Right. I mean, outside of that, I, I get it all. The corners all look decent. I think that Casey Hayward's been really good this year, so I'm glad yeah, that he made it. it for the first time in his career. So yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess should we talk about guys that maybe borderline didn't deserve to make it? Because there were a few. I mean, did who's, you who's on that you... list for you? Well, I guess maybe not the word. The word does not deserve doesn't really work. But like, I was a little bit surprised that Reggie Nelson was on there this year. I yeah, think that's maybe fair. Maybe there was a little bit of overflow from last year because he, you know, had all these picks last year. Was really good last year. I didn't think he was all that great this year so far. Um, and Earl Thomas wasn't on there, which is. A little bit suspect. I know that's coming from me, but just the fact that I guess the, the Pro Bowl sort of ignores sometimes the overall effect someone has on a team versus like the stats. You know what I mean? So that was a little bit weird. It's kind of a weak NFC pass rushing group. The fact that Everson Griffin made it as a defensive end is kind of surprising. But then you yeah. think about who else would have made it from that side. And because you put Vic Beasley as an outside linebacker, it just it's not that surprising that no one else got in that defensive end-wise in the NFC. Right. And it's actually a little bit surprising Mike Bennett made it in. Um, yeah. He's missed so much know, time. He He missed time. He's not really... I mean, it's kind of the same deal. He's not like a full-time defensive end anyway. And he plays a lot of inside. You know, he plays over the guard a lot. And I think on the year, I'm checking it right now, he has three sacks. So, I mean, that's Yeah, that's like... surprising. I mean, that's just a legacy <laughs> pick. That's a lifetime achievement award. On the other hand, it is cool to see Cliff Averill make it finally because he's always been a very strong pass rusher. And, you know, his I think his stats just weren't there enough, you know, compared to some of these other, like, top-tier pass rushers. So seeing him make it for the first time in his career is pretty cool. If we really did this, what you probably do is you would say, okay, Vic Measley moves to edge rusher, which is how they yep. should describe that position, and then yep. K.J. Wright should have made it as an outside linebacker. It's little right. things like that. I mean, I'm not going to get super upset over those things because they don't actually matter, but <laughs> it, they could do this in a better way. Yeah, no, the, I, how long is it going to be until they start doing that? Because I think edge is really becoming more ubiquitous. I mean... It really does, it, especially with so many sub packages and things like that. It's like I don't even honestly. I, sometimes I don't even know like what, like what scheme teams run enough to like call them a defensive end or an outside linebacker because no, they change you don't. It That's the entire point of th- right now is that you can't <laughs> make that distinction. Right. So I, I'm all for that. I mean, I think that would be amazing if they changed that to just edge and then like off ball linebacker or whatever. I don't know what you call it. Just outside linebacker. Yeah, move linebacker. That's fine with yeah. me. Just off and the then, yeah, off yeah. the line linebacker, what actual definition of a linebacker? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. We, we can quibble over that stuff, but let's see who else I have written down here. I thought that it was, um, I don't. It was kind of surprising that Amari Cooper made it over Crabtree. Um, yeah, he's probably not he, the best wide receiver on his team this year. Right, which is so that was a little bit of a weird one to me. I think yeah, that cra- I love the I mean, NFC wider the- touchdowns. Sorry, go ahead. No, the NFC wide receivers just they did that the right way. I mean, those are the guys I feel like probably should have made it. Julio, Evans, Beckham, Fitzgerald, uh, that group. Uh, no real yeah. quibble for me. No, there's no. There, yeah, there's not really anything you can complain about there. Um, the the tight end group, Greg Olson, definitely deserves to be in there. Jordan Reed, 
I think you could definitely make the argument he deserves to be in there. Um, not that I'm like, I, I actually don't, I, I wasn't like looking at the, the Pro Bowl rosters and being like, oh, the Seahawks didn't make enough. I thought Jimmy Graham actually has had a really good year. Um, so he could have been caught, he could have been, you know, part of the tight end group. Um, are there any, are there any quarterbacks that you thought got the snub this year? Not really. I mean, Roethlisberger isn't having a great season, but I don't right, know who you necessarily guy. would have thrown in ahead of him in the AFC. I'm not sure a ton of guys have been markedly better. And you then, could say luck. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's probably, Yeah, and his team just hasn't been good enough. So, yeah, yeah. Pro- I would probably put luck ahead of Roethlisberger. In the NFC, I mean, Ryan, I think, is a no-brainer. I think Rodgers is a right. no-brainer. I guess Dak's fine. I mean, who would you throw in ahead of any of those guys? I mean, the only argument I think you could make is for Stafford. But, I mean, that's, again, it's not like, you know, the word snub gets thrown around. I don't think he's getting snubbed today. He was borderline, like, he he was borderline Pro Bowl caliber. I'll put it that way. And that's fine. And he's had a great season. You probably could have acknowledged that. But I don't have a huge problem with any of the guys that got there. Yeah, and a lot of these guys are going to get in anyway uh, as alternates because... Exactly, yeah. By the end of the season, it's not going to matter anyway. So that's a good point. By the end of the season, we're going to have about 100 Pro Bowlers. or I don't even know how many there are, but like, there's gonna, it's going to like double. Because <laughs> so many guys just don't want to play. I mean, we saw what happened last year with, with Tyler Eifert. He got hurt in the Pro Bowl, and that caused him to miss part of the season. So... Uh, you know, I don't know. The, you guys talked about sort of the, they're changing up some of the format of the Pro Bowl, right? They're doing more some fun, I guess, like skills competitions and dodgeball and shit and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, we'll see if that actually makes me tune in, but at least they're trying to do something. <laughs> I appreciate the effort, more or All less. Right. Yeah, totally. So, All right, let's get know. into some other stuff that's both voted on and semi-arbitrary and doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in the football field. I think this is just a good time to reevaluate the MVP situation because yeah. the odds came out this week. I believe that uh, ESPN stats and info threw them out there. And I think a lot of people were chatting about them as a result of that. And right now, Ezekiel Elliott is the favorite. He's 15 mm-hmm. to eight. And then from there you get your stable of quarterbacks. So Brady's two to one, David, or I do that every freaking time. David Derek Carr, yeah. Carr is six to one. <laughs> Matt Ryan is seven to one. And Aaron Rodgers is 14 to one. So, yeah. Just taking into account those odds, who the favorites are right now, I want to go over the strengths and the weaknesses and the arguments for both. So let's start with Zeke. And figuring out the strengths for his argument is very easy. One, he leads the NFL in rushing comfortably. Two, the MVP tends to be a narrative-driven award. If it's your season, a lot of the time you will get the MVP award. So that argument is very much in play with Zeke. So you have those two things, just how much he's come onto the scene. You know That team has really dominated a huge part of the storylines over the entire year. So if you're trying to make a case against him, what would it be? Well, I mean, I think if you, I mean, it's clear if you're trying to make an, an argument against him, it's one, look at what Prescott has done, you know, as yep. the quarterback of that team. And, you know, you could just make the argument, the fact that he's not quarterback is, is you know, one of them. Um, yep. Just because the quarterback is so important. Now, the other thing you could say is he's not running for all those yards if he doesn't have like the elite of the elite offensive line in front of him. Yep. You know, so the run game in general is is a very, I mean, it's a team, it's it's a team effort. I mean, there, you have to get the blocking in front of you. Obviously, he's done really really well with what he's been given, and 
you know, he has the stats. He's he's made the play. He, he's made a lot of big plays late in games to put games away. So, you know, I can definitely see how he's the favorite right now. Um, and, you know, there, it's kind of like if you're making arguments for and against MVP, a lot of it is just philosophical. Like, yep. you know, like how you land. That's what this conversation spectrum. is, which I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for me, I probably would pick a quarterback over a running back like nine times out of ten. And in this case, I probably. Doesn't that suck, though? It, that it's just most valuable quarterback? That's my least favorite thing about the MVP award in the NFL. <laughs> it, right. it's, just, it's so slanted that way because if you're going by most valuable, it's inherently going to be a quarterback. And that's yeah. why in recent years, it's been so rare that we have a running back. You know, the last time a running back won the MVP was 2012, and I feel like that happened because of two things. One, Adrian Peterson was Wolverine yeah. coming back from that ACL and rushing for 2,000 yards. And two, there wasn't a clear-cut quarterback that could have won it. My vote that year was for Watt. I mean, that was the most I – mean, that was yeah. the, kind of the quirkiest year in recent memory. And this year, I feel like one of the reasons Zeke has a little bit of an inside track to get it is one, all that Dallas stuff. And two, there isn't a clear cut quarterback choice. Yeah. And and, I mean, that's kind of what I was going to say next is like nine times out of 10, I pick a quarterback, but this year there's like four or five quarterbacks you could pick. They're splitting the vote. Weirdly enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, do you pick Brady after he missed four games, even though they won three of them? You know what I mean? Like, there are things like that. Like, clearly Brady is going to be hugely, hugely important. Like, you can't just look at those four games that they play without him. Um, And then you look at Carr, who's had a whole bunch of, you know, game-winning drives and and, and fourth-quarter comebacks this year. You know, he's been amazing. Matt Ryan has put up ridiculous stats. You wrote about that last week. Like, his stats are insanely good. And then you have Rodgers, who's just freaking like on a tear right now and he is probably playing better than any player in the nfl right now potentially so i mean there was a couple other guys that i think you could put i mean if you're talking about ezekiel elliott i think you have to throw Le'Veon bell in in the equation honestly just based on what he's done as both a receiver and a running back i mean like yep. he is he's just insane like he's having a, an underrated year as a superstar i think i totally agree he leads the NFL in yards from scrimmage. You know, he is the even with Zeke getting as much work as he is, I still think Le'Veon Bell is a more important part of his offense than Zeke is, both as a runner and a pass catcher. Because yeah. that offensive line is nowhere near what the Dallas offensive line is. It's a fine right. group. But they can't push people around. And it's not as if Le'Veon Bell just has this massive volume that allows him to rack stuff up. He's averaging four point eight yards per carry. He's getting a lot per clip. And mm-hmm. you can find that with everything he's doing in the passing game. It's insane. Yeah. And he's carried that offense a couple games when Roethlisberger's look like shit. Yep. You know, um, it, not only can you make the, the argument that he's more important to that offense, like, I, like he's, I think he could be potentially more important to any offense in the NFL. <laughs> so, like, that's why I, I had him written down as a write-in guy. Um you know, you said he's he's leading the NFL in yards from scrimmage, and he missed I think three games. So yeah, it's I mean, nuts. So it's just insane the year he's having, and it's actually been relatively quiet. Like obviously, the the Steelers aren't on the level of of the Cowboys this year. It's just they've been hit and miss. They're getting hot at the right time, but they've been hit and miss long all along the like throughout the year. So they're just not getting quite as much pub. But like I don't know, like if if Elliott's in the conversation, I think you got to put Bell in there too. Right now, on a 16-game pace, 
he would have 105 receptions. Jeez. He has 72 catches in 11 games. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, you think about that for a running back. Marshall Falk never had 100 catches in a year, did he? I mean, that's that's just all-time type of stuff. I mean, you think about the guys that have been the most important pieces of their passing game as running backs, and the type of year he's having right now, he's in the conversation with any single one of them. It's really, really crazy. Yeah, Marshall Falk, the most catches he ever had in a year was 87. Bell has 72 right now, and he missed a handful of games, and there's still two games left. God. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's crazy the year he's having. It's all-time type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you think there's two games left. Say he gets 200 yards. Say he gets 150 yards from scrimmage in both of those games, which is not out of the question at all. No. That gives him 20-47 for the season with those games missed. He actually could have made a serious run at the all-time yards from scrimmage record if he had played every single game. Wow. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, it's like we don't. Eat, we're not even really talking about him. I mean, yeah, I know. I, I know. Understand it's weird. <laughs> I understand the sort of the MVP is generally on a one of the top like five, four or five teams in the NFL usually, right? Like yep. Cam Newton, you know, was that guy last year when the when the pa- Panthers went fifteen and one? You know, it, it's it's generally a you have to be successful to be the MVP kind of thing, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I if if I'm you know if I'm voting, I'm definitely putting him on the ballot for sure. Uh, Barnwell wrote about this a couple of years ago. He was trying to figure out what constituted an MVP, just kind of the bullet points you'd have to hit to get there. And mm-hmm. having the most fantasy points in the league was important. And right now, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Seriously, it was. I mean, it's, it's not funny. that people look at that. It's just that you have to have that sort of production to win it. It right. is a statistical award in some ways. So yeah. if you look at that. Aaron Rodgers is at 308.6 right now. Matt Ryan is right there. So I feel mm-hmm. like both of them have had statistical seasons that lead to MVP awards, which is why I feel like that's not why I think they both deserve it, but you could see each of them winning it. For sure. I, from a most valuable perspective, I still think that you could probably argue that it's Rodgers, especially considering what he's done the last six weeks or so and how guys like Russell Wilson have fallen off. People mm-hmm. I made that same argument for earlier this year. But I, right now, just based on the season that he's had and rewarding a guy for having a monster year, I think that Matt Ryan deserves it. I'm with you. And I was trying to figure out who I actually would pick for this, and I kept landing on Ryan. Um, I just think that offense wouldn't be... I just think for the Falcons wouldn't really be in a conversation without him. And, yeah. I mean, obviously you could say the same about other guys, but... I just think, like, number one, that's, like, my gut. Number two, the stats are there 100%. Like, he has had a ridiculous season. Uh, what was the stat you'd said? Like, his yards per attempt was the, is on pace to be one of the highest ever or something like that? It's like one the of seventh the most 10. ever right now. He's at 9.33 yeah. for the I season. Mean, the next absurd. highest in the league is Brady at 8.24. He's averaging wow. a full yard per attempt more than anybody else. Yeah, And you look, he's completing 68.6% of his passes, which is the third most in the league after Sam freaking Bradford and Breeze. He's averaging 310 yards a game. They are, they are historically high-scoring wow. offense. It's not, I know his, the scheme is really good, and he's helped a lot by the players around him. 
But this isn't a Kirk Cousins, we're seventh in DVOA, it's a dangerous offense, and <laughs> it's really driven by the guys around him. This is the best offense in football right now. Yeah. Get rid of Oakland, get rid of Dallas. If you look at every single measure for offensive output right now, yards per play, DVOA, anything, it's Atlanta. And yep. I, they would not be close to that without him. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually on board with Ryan winning it. I totally agree with you. Um, you know, I, it's just one of those things where I, it's probably going to be Elliot. I feel like he'll probably win it, but the just the numbers are there. This is like the, one of the best offenses of all time. You know, he's just played so like mostly flawless out throughout the whole year. You know, he hasn't had any of the back breaking picks they had last year, and. I don't know. Here's I'm, the difference, I'm on though. Board. I oh you oh the, the Falcons are one of the best offenses of all time. That's what yes. you're saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah yeah, 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 totally. No, no. I thought you were talking about the, the Cowboys. I was like, that's the thing, though. People think the Cowboys and the Cowboys are really good. They're a very good offense, but the Falcons have just burned teams down. It's been yeah. really amazing to watch. And I know <laughs> it was San Francisco last week, but it doesn't matter who it is. And if you right. look at the Falcons' schedule, I mean, that's one of the most impressive things about what Ryan has done is that they have played an absolutely brutal group of defenses. Denver, Seattle, the Chargers, who were pretty much a top 10 team by DVOA, the Eagles, who are really good defense, Arizona, Kansas City. These are the defenses that they've played this season. They have the number one strength of schedule difficulty by DVOA for defenses that they faced. And they have the number one team by DVOA. That group is that group of defenses is really impressive. I'm 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 trying to look up the Cowboys. So I know they played the Giants twice and lost to them twice. They played the, the Dallas. Ravens. Dallas is sixth. So that's what actually bumps Dallas ahead of of New England in DVOA. Dallas is second in value. They get bumped up because of who they've played. But Atlanta is number hmm. one without readjusting for who they've played, and they've played the toughest schedule. Wow. That is insane. <laughs> I mean, you're you're kind of preaching to the choir here. I I like I like the Ryan. This pick. isn't like, for you, I... Danny. This is for the people. <laughs> you get the word out, man. I mean, like, yeah. Try to I, convert. I'm on board. I'm on board. All right. I'm glad we both have decided that Matt Ryan is probably the <laughs> deserved MVP and will not win it because it's going to go to Ezekiel yeah. Elliott no matter what I don't we think do. He'll win. Yeah. All right, buddy, before we get to the rest of the show, let's hear from a couple of our sponsors. Today's Ringer NFL show is brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller Lite is brewed to be the light beer with more taste, less calories, and half the carbs, so that on any given Sunday, you don't have to settle for any given light beer. Great tasting, 96 calories, Miller Lite. Spelled different because it's brewed different. We're also brought to you by MeUndies. Picture a world where putting on a new pair of underwear isn't just fresh. You're stepping into a better day. Think about it. Underwear is the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off. Why would you settle for anything less than the best feeling underwear on the planet? MeUndies focuses solely on producing the most comfortable underwear you've ever experienced. My friends at MeUndies sent me a few pairs a while back, and now I can't imagine wearing anything else. It really makes each day that much better. For the price of two cocktails, MeUndies will deliver your new favorite pair of underwear right to your doorstep. It's a better day, guaranteed. Try them on, and if they aren't the most comfortable, best-feeling undies you've ever had, they'll refund you and let you keep your first pair for free. Included in the price is the Sweet Touch of Modal, a special fabric with best-in-class raw materials that are scientifically proven to be three times softer than cotton. These Uber Cozy undies are sold exclusively on the MeUndies website, where you'll enjoy free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. And for a limited time, 
everyone in our audience gets 20% off their first order. But you have to go to our special URL, which is MeUndies.com slash NFL show. With the MeUndies Better Day guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So don't wait any longer. Go to MeUndies.com slash NFL show right now for 20% off your first order. That's MeUndies.com slash NFL show. This is the time of year, man, where like underwear and socks and all that, it becomes hugely <laughs> important. I just find Lucky myself time. wanting to be in a onesie at all times. I, I just <laughs> whatever you're wearing while lounging around the house at this point in the calendar, I don't know. It, it seems more important than it does at any other time of the year. That's just me though. Not all no, of us no, live in not. the temperate climate of the Pacific Northwest. It's not just you. It's been cold here, man. I mean it's been in the twenties here. Uh. Yeah, I think go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I looked out my window the other day and it was a chill negative two. It was great. Oh, I've gotten very familiar with the delivery men in my neighborhood. <laughs> it's funny because I was the other day it snowed here and it like never snows here. And so I was I, I was like shocked because I had to have the heat on all day long. It was crazy. It was just You're crazy a terrible talk. person. You're an absolutely <laughs> terrible person. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next parts of our show here. I yeah. wanted to chat about. Not who's going to make the playoffs, but just some of the possible scenarios that could exist and what excites us. Because, right. you know, the actual ins and outs of, well, this team can make it with this tiebreaker and all that, your eyes can glaze over very quickly. God. But what I thought could actually be exciting is to do some, have some conversations about what playoff matchups would actually be fun and which ones seemed possible. Looking at some of the stuff and how it could shake out, what has you juiced? Well, you know, Right now, we have the chance of seeing the Packers versus the Falcons in the in the wild card round, which yep. would be a lot of fun. I think you know two really really good offenses right there. Two like we were talking about two MVP candidates. I think for a wild card game, that's almost as good as you're gonna get. Like honestly, and so I'm excited about that potential. Um, I wrote down. I mean, I th this isn't one of those games that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this. But Lions Giants feels like it'd be a fun game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just based on there are two teams that have kind of overachieved. I don't know if overachieved is the right word, but like they, they've surprised us this year with how good they've been. And I think that would be another fun wild card game right now. I think that's right now. Those are the two NFC wild card games, how they're slated if, it's, if the playoffs start right now. So, you know, that's right how it would be if they started right now. But yeah. I feel like there's going to be some shuffling. I wouldn't be surprised at all if those were the six teams that ended up making it. But I do think it's going to be a little bit different at the end. Because yeah. so here's right now Atlanta or excuse me, Detroit is still in the has the four seed winning the NFC North. There's a pretty good chance that Detroit does not end up in that spot. Because like the Packers if end they, up winning. Yes. So if the, the Packers win out and Detroit loses to the, the Packers went out of Detroit automatically has to lose another game. Right. So that would mean that the Packers jump Detroit and become the four seed in the NFC, and Detroit falls back. If Detroit loses out, then things start to get very interesting. Yeah. Because, so if the, Detroit loses out and Tampa loses out, and then Washington wins out, Washington gets in. <laughs> Which would wow. mean Washington would go to Atlanta for the 3-6 game. Oh, that'd be fun. How much fun would that be? <laughs> I mean, that I, is just yeah. a game with a lot of points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two really good offenses. Like, again, uh, I wouldn't mind that at all. It, the Redskins look kind of like they're falling off right now. Like, I just, yes. I don't know if they're going to pull it off, but that would definitely be really, really interesting. I think another game that sort of the, if, 
if things fall differently, then wouldn't the wouldn't the Packers play the Giants? Yes. So that if is that the game would, that seems like it's probably going to happen. Would be the Giants be going to the Packers in the five four game. That's an awesome game. Ooh, Think yeah, about like Rodgers, the way he's playing right now against that defense. And this would be the third time they played against each other in the playoffs in the last ten years. You know, remember that <laughs> two thousand seven NFC Championship game where Tom Coughlin looked like Jack Frost. It's just like his nose <laughs> yes. is going to fall off. <laughs> yes, I, do. I actually do remember that, yeah. So, I mean, just that, that brings memories back of that. They played against each other in 11. So the last two times the Giants have won the Super Bowl, they've had to beat Green Bay on the way to get there. Oh, yeah, okay. Which is very That's fun. So that one's a cool one. But then you look at some of the other NFC scenarios. If Right now, it looks like if Detroit wins either of these next two games, they're going to get it. They'll be the six at least. Yes, because okay. if the Tampa would have to win out, most likely to get there, because Tampa has six losses already. So Detroit, <laughs> if they beat Dallas and then lose to Green Bay, or they lose to Green Bay, or they lose to Dallas and beat Green Bay, they're probably going to get in. And there's a chance the Packers are still the six in that scenario. Okay. So I, all those teams could get in, and, and that would be fun if they did. But those are the games I'm looking at there. I think that Detroit and the Giants is really funny, or it was really fun, and I think that. Somehow, if the Washington were to play Atlanta, that would just be a blast. Yeah, I agree. I, the, the NFC right now looks more exciting, doesn't it? Because I'm looking at the AFC, yeah. and we got a potential of a Chiefs-Texans game, which... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's it's, brutal. It's, I guess Titans-Chiefs would be fun, because the Titans just went to Kansas City and won. Uh, so that would be a lot of fun. So here is what I'm hoping for. And that's that. <laughs> I would like Tennessee to win. I want Tennessee yes. to get in because then We're you could have Kansas City and Tennessee. Yes. yes. But you could also – Kansas City, uh, Tennessee is fun in that round in the first round just because we just saw it. I think both those teams are entertaining. But mm -hmm. we could also have Oakland, Tennessee, which I know that Ooh, game has cool. already happened yeah. and it was that entertaining. But I feel like Tennessee's offense is better now. I just think that could be a really fun game in the first round. Oakland could make it. Oakland could end up in the wild card round. I, who's going to overtake them right now? Kansas City. Oh, I guess the because Chiefs. If, if okay. Oakland if Oakland loses one more and they end up with the same record, Kansas City has the tiebreaker. That's so it's right. It's very Sorry. plausible to see that KC getting the bye and Oakland slipping back. I mean, that's oh, okay. really easy to see. I see. Yes, that's interesting. That would be a fun one. Titans or Raiders. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah, um, that's so definitely that's, I, more interesting than what's on the slate right now. <laughs> I like that one a lot. So if the Titans were to play the Raiders, you know, that I like I enjoy that one. And then there's also a scenario where if Oakland gets the bye and Pittsburgh is the 3 seed, we could have Oakland and Pittsburgh in the divisional round. That would mean yes. Kansas City is the 5. So if they beat Tennessee, we'd have KC New England. Yeah. So it'd be Chiefs Patriots, Raiders Steelers, and then maybe a Pittsburgh New England AFC Championship game. Oh boy. Yeah, that, that, that is like, one hell of a couple weekends. <laughs> that would be amazing. I think the Chiefs-Patriots would be a fun game, too. Like, exactly. That yeah. would be the most entertaining way it could all break, in my opinion. Because it, yeah. right, right now, it looks like Miami is probably going to get in because they would need to lose out more or less and then have some other wonky stuff happen. So if they, mm -hmm. lose, if they win one of these games against, Pittsburgh or against uh, Buffalo or New England, they're probably getting in, which makes things less fun. <laughs> is Matt, is Tannehill going to come back? I haven't actually really been 
like paying close attention to that or is it just Matt Moore all the way through? I think it's going to be Matt Moore all the way, which makes things (laughs) way less interesting. It's not as fun. Yeah. There is a chance as well. If Miami somehow loses both of their next two games, we could get Baltimore and Pittsburgh as the three, six game. Ooh, that would be fun. That would be Baltimore and Pittsburgh as a first round playoff game is pretty great. Yes. That would be fun because I I would like to see the Ravens get in. Not no offense to the Dolphins fans, or, you know, just Matt Moore in the playoffs isn't that exciting. But like the best the best defense in the NFL, if not you know if not the top one, then one of the top three, making it into the playoffs could like just totally fuck up some stuff, you know. Yes. So I would not mind seeing fun. Baltimore get in, but they pretty much need to beat the Steelers to do that. I mean, they okay. they desperately do because they already have six losses. So they would need to win out most likely to make it. There's some scenarios where they can be 9-7, and seven, but those are harder to get to. For right. Pittsburgh, this Baltimore game is essentially a play-in game. Because if they lose to Baltimore, then they would need the Dolphins to lose out. Because if Miami wins one of these next two games and they both finish 10-6, and six, unless another team ends up at 10-6, and six, I believe Denver, then my, Pittsburgh's not going to make it because Miami, wow. has the t- Miami has the tiebreaker. Wow. Yeah, so there's a real chance where the Steelers could make it. That's the thing. It's like weird teams rooting for other teams because if Miami and Pittsburgh are the two teams tied for the sixth seed with ten and six, then Pittsburgh, then Miami doesn't. Miami gets in because they have a tiebreaker. Really? But if wow. Denver's in there as well, then Pittsburgh wins because it's a three-way <laughs> tiebreaker. So okay, it's all this crazy shit that has to happen. So yeah. that's the thing. If the Steelers lose to Baltimore, they're hoping that Denver wins out. Because that means Denver would be ten and six, and the Dolphins maybe as well. So those are all the kind of different yeah. things flying around that people have to root for. But I think that <laughs> it's not hard to imagine that Oakland, Pittsburgh, KC, New England divisional round battle, and then we yep. have whatever that AFC Championship game ends up being. Battle so Royale. I know that a lot of this season has sucked in terms of quality of play <laughs> and watching the games and everything else, but we're, we're it's playoff time now. And we really have some awesome options that are yeah. on the table. I feel like, and granted, I wrote this early on, or like halfway through the season, so basically I'm just agreeing with myself. But the first half of the season Which you always sucked. should. <laughs> I was pretty right about it, let's be honest. The, the first half of the season kind of sucked. We've had some pretty good football lately. It's yes, it, we like have four or five straight weeks of like pretty exciting, you know, good matchups. You know, the Monday night game, uh, or was it Sunday or whatever? It was Sunday night game. Where the Cowboys and Bucks was really, really good. Like, if you look at that game early on in the year, that looks, looks like a terrible matchup. But that turned out to be a really good game. Um, we've had some really, you know, just solid weeks of matchups. And so, and I wrote this is what I'm agreeing with myself about. Like, it, it sets up for a really wild finish. And I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at the, the playoffs and, and the last couple of weeks of the season and, there's, this is going to be a lot of fun. Like, there's going to be yeah. some the, the crazy battles right now, and the 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 year of no great teams means that anyone you know can kind of run with it, and it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like, you just don't know what the hell is going to happen. Like, you know, some of your favorite characters could get killed off in the next you know within the first you know season or first uh, week of the playoffs. So it's it's going to be fun. There's a very real chance that we're looking at a Kansas City, New England, Oakland, Pittsburgh. Dallas against Green Bay or the Giants, and Seattle against Atlanta. Finally, yes, that would be I, amazing. I, I mean, those games are just in terms of quality of play, stylistic matchups, everything right. you could want out of those games. You're going to get. Do you remember when Oakland played Pittsburgh last year? 
Vaguely. It, it was like a firestorm. I mean, they just threw for like a thousand <laughs> yards combined. <laughs> I, the chance to see, I, I know it's colder and everything else, but I, I just think that you have a ton of offensive arsenals that could be involved in yeah. the playoffs here, and I'm very excited to watch it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like the styles make fights thing, and, and it's setting up, like you said, to to have some great stylistic you know, matchups. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And that's, I guess that's the benefit of having a season where there's tons of teams that are very unbalanced. You know, there's very, there's like only a few really balanced teams right now. And so uh, matchups matter, like who they're playing matters. And so, I don't know, this is going to be, there's going to be some pretty, I just feel like it's going to be a crazy, there's just going to be some weird upsets and, and, you know, crazy games. And, you know, I don't know how, I think that the home field will matter, but I don't know if it's going to be quite as important this year. I think for the Cowboys, it's going to be big. Um, you know, the Seahawks, it's important, but they're just sort of not as dominant anywhere anymore. So I don't know if it's like that big of a deal. I just think it's going to be crazy what what kind of like what happens this going forward. All right, Danny, let's actually talk about some of the games that could make these matchups a possibility going forward. But before we do that, let's hear from our sponsors one more time. No team goes into the season without a game plan, and Buffalo Wild Wings knows that football fans need a game plan that's built for game day glory. A game plan that should include 21 signature sauces and seasonings, a great lineup of beer taps, and an arsenal of wall-to-wall TVs. All those details make for a game day plan that can't be beat. So, win or lose, if you're a football fan, you still win at having the best game day atmosphere around. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. We do it for you, because you're a football fan. We're also brought to you by Capital One. Capital One knows you've got questions about your credit. You may be asking, who's really in charge of my credit score? Or how does my credit actually work? That's why Capital One created the CreditWise app. So you can check your credit score anytime you want, right in the app. And it's free to everyone, Capital One customer or not. In fact, millions of CreditWise users have improved their score by 20 points or more. So download the app for free today. Availability depends on presence of credit history from TransUnion. CreditWise is offered by Capital One Bank, USA. All right, Danny, uh, let's get into a couple of these games. Let's start with Pittsburgh and Baltimore, something we mentioned earlier. I mean, obviously, the marquee game of of Christmas Day, uh, something I will be watching in lieu of speaking with my family. (laughs) Is there any reason to think that Pittsburgh is in a better spot now to attack this Baltimore defense than they were the first time these two teams played this year? Um, I don't know. You know, I I think Le'Veon Bell is just playing a lot better. I, th- I don't know if they're in a better spot now because I think that Roethlisberger has actually kind of been off lately. Yeah. Um, I, there was, I heard someone talking about, I can't remember where I saw it, but people were saying like, Oh, how surprised would you be if like after the season it came out that Roethlisberger was playing hurt was or Bill. whatever. Bill was talking about that. Okay. Yeah, there it yeah. is. And so, um, I mean, I, that, I think that I wouldn't be that surprising cause he's looked pretty like regular. I mean, even bad at times. Yeah. Um, so if anything, they might be a little bit worse off. I, I think the way that Bell is playing though changes. You know, it, it's just they they can lean on that for sure. But if they don't, um, that becomes don't harder against Baltimore though, right? And I mean, you're looking like at the, the number one team. run defense in the league. So right. that that slight shift in the Pittsburgh offense has actually made them less poised to take advantage of a Baltimore defense. It, it's it's yeah. kind of a weird shift that screws them. Yeah, and so I don't know, but this 
again, it's just the Pittsburgh is so much more balanced than Baltimore. Like Baltimore for a minute there, we're like, okay, maybe Baltimore's offense is actually really good now. Nope. Wrong. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they are. Um, I think that maybe they're marginally better than they were early on in the year, which is not saying a whole lot, but I just think that Pittsburgh, it's at home for Pittsburgh. Um, they're just balanced. Their defense is playing really well right now, I think. And that gives them a good chance. Like this could be one of those lower scoring games. It's not maybe not going to be a shootout, but I, I, I like Pittsburgh in it just because they're balanced right now. They're one of the most balanced teams in the NFL right now. Their defense is playing so much better that you just believe they could make this a rock fight. If it if Baltimore does yeah. ugly it up, Pittsburgh is in a position to play that game. And you do just assume kind of like where the Giants are right now. You know, I know that Pittsburgh's offense is better than the Giants' offense, but against Baltimore's defense, you're just hoping that, all right, once or twice during this game, can us having the three best players in the field be more important than anything else? Yeah, I think that's a good good comparison just because they're equipped to win those low-scoring games because they they are now with that defense playing well. Yeah. You know, they, they have, like, because you said, like you said, they have those guys that can make a big play here or there. I mean, that's like Beckham can make, take a, like a slant 60 yards at any time. Same with Bell, same with Brown. I think, you know, like that gives them the ability to win these games. It's kind of remarkable how good Baltimore's run defense has been. Their run defense TVOA is negative 30.8, which is number one in the league comfortably. It's about 8% higher than the Giants, or excuse me, about 5% higher than Seattle, who's number two. Mm-hmm. Would you like to hear a fucking ridiculous statistic <laughs> i would denver is number one in pass defense dvoa at negative 33.3 yeah who do you think is number two and how what do you think theirs is in pass defense yeah uh, well maybe the seahawks i don't know that's a good it's question. actually philadelphia and they're philly philly it's philadelphia they're at negative ten point two. So, so the, the Broncos, Broncos are three, three times, times better than any other pass defense in the league right now. If you know, wonder how a defense can be number one in DVOA while ranking twenty fourth in run defense, yeah. that's how you do it. That Jesus. is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, that is one of the more year. remarkable splits I think you could ever see. That is insane because they're better this year at the pass defense than they were last year. I think it what isn't it per football outsiders? Isn't it like one of the best pass defenses ever? Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah. believe Tampa in two thousand two is still the best. I mean, they had something crazy, <laughs> but I know that uh, I know that those the Broncos are right there. I mean, but That's it's crazy. It is kind of nuts. Stop the run. They just can't stop That's the, the problem. Just kind of little differences that you have. Uh, Tampa yeah. Bay in 2002 is at negative 51.9. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many Hall of Famers did they have on that squad? Uh, that, God. Uh, Sapp, Rice, uh, Brooks, Lynch, Lynch, Barber. Yeah. Jesus. They were pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then that Broncos-Chiefs game is the other one. I mean, it's the one to watch. We yeah. don't have any more time, but obviously that's a monstrous game. And that kind of defense that the Broncos can play – it keeps them in this game. It gives yep. them a chance to win out. And even as we talk about all these exciting playoff scenarios that involve these high-flying offenses or whatever, the Broncos could still do this because of the talent they have on that side of the ball. They could right. still win out, and they could get plenty of help, and we absolutely could still see that team in the postseason. I mean, they still have the ability to completely take a quarterback out of the game, exactly. which just changes the calculus of everything, you know? And so, I don't know, I still, I still think Denver has a good shot of 
just screwing things up just based on their ability to kind of just make like a quarterback irrelevant. So yeah, that, that Sunday or the the Christmas day matchups are great. I can't wait for that. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, the middle of next week. I believe guys, we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, Obviously Christmas day and the day after we are going to give some people a chance to spend some times with their loved ones if they have them. And we'll talk to you guys when we get a chance. So enjoy your holiday, please enjoy the weekend of football and we'll talk to you soon. Capital One created the CreditWise app, so you can check your credit score anytime you want right in the app. It's free to everyone, so download CreditWise today. Availability depends on presence of credit history from TransUnion. CreditWise is offered by Capital One Bank, USA.